Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 50. 50. I'm 50. Oh, that was such a good video. Oh my gosh, I loved it. Sally O'Malley. Sally O'Malley. I think that's who I'm going to be for Halloween. Oh my gosh. Episode it. 50. I can kick, I can <laughs> stretch. I'm 50. 50. Um, this is episode 50 of Jen and Millie. We're a Gen Xer and a millennial. Um, one of us really likes the. Uh, Janet, what? Where are you going with this? I'm just trying to do the intro. One of us is it's clearly it's right here for you. One of us is clearly the Gen Xer because I had to bring you a SNL skit clip, yeah. Yeah. Um, which is what I'm referring to. Uh, a Gen Xer and a millennial share the strength-based perspective <laughs> through which they view the world. Oh. We are your hosts, Allison and Tess. Oh man, and that's all that scripted. Oh man, sorry, oh I'm gosh. not good at following a script. That's I've learned right. that about myself lately. That's all right. We knew that already, though. Um, but being a community theater and amateur actress, yeah. you would think I'd be better at following yeah. the script. But I think at this stage of my life, forty-ish, you just kind of tend to go go off script. Yeah, makes sense. Do your own thing. Makes sense. Be you. So I printed off an over-the-hill club official member the, ticket. We'll how do you post a picture of us? So that doesn't even bother you to see that. No, not at all. I see, think it's very sweet. It is very sweet, but it really kind of bothered me when you got when you showed that to me. I wasn't prepared, <laughs> and then I thought you were handing it to Trisha as if she was a member, but you just wanted her to take a picture. You yeah. were handing her your phone. Yep. Not this over-the-hill thing. Nope. I had forgotten today was 50. 50. And shame on me because I didn't uh, dress up for it. I looked terrible and you oh took a picture. So great. Sorry. Right. Um, didn't sleep well. So yeah. that just sets. I am so a creature of habit. Yeah. I like my sleep. Well, that's. <laughs> Sorry, we made background noise because the lights are choosing to creep. But <laughs> um, and earlier when Tess oh and I gosh. were meeting, it wasn't even this light that was choosing. It was a different light. Golly gee, I think this place is haunted. Um, <laughs> we have found that we need to find space, um, and that's something I hope we talk a little bit about today. New containers, yeah. but we need to find space to record. Mm-hmm. And we have found that the acoustics in this room, our small conference room, seem to be best. Yeah. However. It's always amazing to me the background noise. Yeah. Today, fluorescent lights are shaking and making noise. Yeah. <laughs> one, I can't remember what episode it was oh, where the vacuum was like. There's like a guy that came to clean the cubes. That's like hilarious. Oh my gosh. So we never know. Yeah. You never know what kind of sound effects um, we'll be providing here. Mm. So we are in this 50th episode. We're going to do a bit of reflecting. I want to, before we get into the main topic, we kind of threw around. Um, I want to talk a little bit about what were what have been some of the your favorite topics to discuss that like over the course of all of our Jen and Millie's from original YouTube channel to now, like what have been some of the favorite topics of discussion? And what do you feel like you've like learned just anything like kind of fun well, I was, really. that's funny that you asked that because I was looking back at some of the clips because we have mm-hmm. Gallup Day coming up on, on Friday for our program coordinators who are um, bringing strengths into their chapter. And I was looking back to see what clip would I like to utilize. Should yeah. I use a video or should I use an audio? And I really love the video uh-huh. because you can see so much of the <laughs> hilarity um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> between the two of us. But also, and so when I was looking for a clip, I thought, the videos are really fun. We we do cover a lot of topics. One of my favorites was when we discussed our favorite gift. Yeah. And another one of my favorites was when we, of course, when we talked about music and I brought in mm-hmm. the cassettes and the um, original iPod yeah. that I had that weighed you know much more than my yeah. phone does now. <laughs> but um, we've covered a lot of different topics within mm-hmm. topics. Yeah, sure. But I did really love... In all of them, the spontaneity mm-hmm. that we have from not scripting. Oh, yeah. So back to the intro. That's our only scripted part. Yeah, two sentences at the beginning, two at the end. And yeah. I think that not scripting it is my favorite part of Jen and Millie. And what I hear from those who listen, their favorite part. Yeah. Because this isn't professional. No. <laughs> no. Not by any means. And we've done 50. We've had 50 conversations. So when I think about over the course of the years that we've done this, to think Mm -hmm. about 50 meaningful conversations that just you and I have had that have made me a better version of me Mm -hmm. because we sit down and take the time to hear one another face-to-face. We just happen to record it. Yeah. If that influences anyone else to have a conversation 
I mean, you think about the ripple effect, 50 yeah. and 50 and 50. Oh, also, a uh, side note, loved your article about um, impact. Oh, thank you. It was excellent. So um, the first article, I don't think I published like as an article because it's just on the research page now, but it was about mentee outcomes. And then this one was like published as an article and I have one more coming out next month. Kind of talking next month will be the impact on mentors. So if you don't yet follow teammates on social media, um, you can mm-hmm. look us up teammates mentoring on Facebook and Twitter. Tess. And Instagram. And Instagram. <laughs> Maybe in honor of our 50th, you could no. create a no. teammate's Twitter, a Jen and Millie Twitter account. Okay, listeners. I'll it. Listeners, <laughs> let's do positive peer pressure on Tess. And if you would like for Jen and Millie to have a Twitter account, please reach out directly to Tess. That's Tess. No, it's That's not. Actually, no, it's not. It's not what you mean. It's T Starman, T S T A R M A N at teammates.org and ask her to please uh, get on oh, Twitter. No. You know, Jay how much Wright, I love I'm talking emails. to you. <laughs> yeah, she loves emails also. Um, anyway, I I think when we think about the impact, and that's mm-hmm. what your article was. So if you don't follow Teammates Ed on, on Facebook, um, Instagram, or Twitter, um, Hannah shared that, and it was great to think about the impact of mentoring, mm-hmm. but also when we think about the impact of these conversations. Yeah, absolutely. When I look at the views on our YouTube channel, mm-hmm. that makes me afraid that yeah. that many people. I know. <laughs> but also overjoyed um, yeah. to think that if anybody's taking what we're doing and asking that question of their own children, of their best friend, mm-hmm. of a mentee or a mentor in their life, um, even at the grocery store, standing mm-hmm. in line, if they're saying, hey, what was the best um, Christmas gift you've ever received? Yeah. Um, just great ways to have meaningful conversation. Yeah. I think for me, um, one of one of the coolest things actually, and I think it's more recent, but was it actually came about because of our conversation around aging. And uh, in the Face app, when that was like a thing, and of course it's like way blown over, but we fundamentally disagreed on aging. And I think we even talked about it, I think in that podcast and shortly after in our own conversations about how we are very, very similar when it comes to many things about what we believe and how we live our lives and how we make choices. Um, But there are a few things where we really differ. Absolutely. And I think it was so reflective to me of the mentoring relationship that we are matched based on some common interests. But the the more you get into the relationship, the more you invest in one another, the the deeper it goes, the more you figure out just how different even the commonalities Mm -hmm. can be, right? Like stemming from a different place of intention or motivation, but even with the same common behavior as an outcome. And so I think that was just really cool. Like, I feel like I know you very well. Like, you're not just a coworker, but a good friend. Mm -hmm. And so to be able to say like, gosh, we really disagree. We're coming from very different places. But isn't it nice to have a spirited conversation where you disagree and it doesn't have to be horribly negative? Oh my gosh, absolutely. But we respect one another in the way that we see the world. And that's what this is all about. That's the intention of Jen and Millie. We have different perspectives on things. And I can't tell you how many people reached out to me and said, Absolutely, I agree with you. But they're in my generational <laughs> yeah, group. Yeah, yep. Because the way that we viewed aging mm-hmm. was so different. I mean, my mom wasn't running a half marathon. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know any moms who ran half marathons, except for my awesome godmother, Aunt Meg, who was always <laughs> doing cool I mean, she was a trendsetter way, yep. way ahead of her time. <laughs> and still is. They mm-hmm. just... They just celebrated, I think, their 40th wedding anniversary and oh their whitewater rafting. Ugh. Awesome. And I mean, awesome. Uncle Mark and Aunt Meg are doing these cool things all the time. But for the most part, most moms that I knew in my generation were not doing the kinds of things that moms are doing now. They're not, you know, weren't running a half marathon. They were, it was a different focus generationally. So at 50, I think it's really interesting that we would look back and both of us agree that one of our favorite conversations was A, one that we disagreed, but B, that it was around aging. Yeah. Because yeah. 50 sometimes is a very, very difficult number. Sure. Over the hill is a terminology I can't stand. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I know. But isn't that uh, over the hill of what? Hmm. You know what it means? It means everything's downhill from here. <laughs> also, you're on the downhill side. Now, that was based on over the hill used to be a phrase that people used at 40. Oh, and really? then And okay. then they extend it to 50. And that's basically saying that half your life is over. Yeah. And you only have the second half left. Yeah. 
Huh. Which is interesting. So I read a lot of like Richard Rohr and I think I shared a little bit yeah. based on the last podcast about a book I um, just finished from him. But he talks a lot about like spirituality in the second half of life and um, the growth that can happen in the second half of life. And um, I think he wrote a book specifically about it. But I mean, I have not read it. I have not gotten to that place in my life yet. But um, reading lots of other stuff right now. But uh, he talks a lot, and I think he was actually on an On Being with Krista Tippett where he talked about this. Um, so I'll have to see if we can we can tag those to the worth mentioning board. But talking about how, you know, right, societally, it may seem like it's all downhill or this is kind of the, the start of the end, right? But in reality, it's totally a, I, I hate like, you know, simplistic illustrations, right? Like, right. Um, you know, but it totally is a glass half full, glass half empty kind of scenario where you can choose to see that that line specifically of five zero in your age or in time frame, whatever, as, you know, a glass over the hill would be a glass half empty kind of scenario, but really it also is a glass half full. It also reminds me of mm-hmm. Brene Brown's quote about midlife mm-hmm. where, you know, this is a stage where the universe is taking you by the shoulders and saying, listen, yep. I'm not messing around here. Yep. And so I think that's a great way to look at, we often talk about firsts, yeah. but seconds, hmm. the second half or your second chance or a second yeah. can often be more meaningful than the mm-hmm. first because yeah. you know and you have an idea of maybe what you what is important. So yeah. when you were talking about second half, I was thinking about um, second chances or second tries. And with growth mindset, yeah. you know, there are many Absolutely. seconds. But I used to be all about celebrating first, and now I'm learning a lot. There's a lot to celebrate about second try Absolutely. or a second chance. Um, I am embarking on, for sure, a, a second chance to get to know myself um, in the season that I'm in right now and the stage that I'm in right now um, in my life and I'm learning a lot about myself absolutely and I think there's always a chance for us to better mm-hmm. celebrate um, mm-hmm. the second if we're thinking about what did I learn about myself so 50 is a great time to yeah. kind of think about all the things that we've learned so far yeah so I started ironically a list of things that I have learned about myself. And she didn't tell me about this, mind you. So you started this and had lots of time to think about this list, and I have nothing on my list so far. But we're going to attempt to discuss some of the things we've learned about ourselves over the last few years of doing this and just living life and relate it back to our strengths and strengths about each other. And I think we should popcorn it a little bit. Yeah. So I didn't give you a heads up. No. I just started this list this morning. <laughs> okay. Um, as I was having coffee in my new coffee mug and my new my new container, my new um, small apartment space, which I'm adjusting to. Um, but mm-hmm. I started writing these things down because I thought, crazy that this is happening. Wild. Yeah. That this is happening that I assumed about myself. Um, so I can deal with mess. Hmm. is something that I've learned about myself. Those of you in my life know that I have been termed a neat freak, OCD, um, everything has to be perfect, you have to clean everything. My kids do this imitation of me wiping down the counters 40 times, and Sean can do it (laughs) while he's saying things and asking questions. Um, Does a great impression of his mom. I moved into an apartment space over this weekend, and I literally have not cleaned a thing. And I have germ issues. I have germ issues big time. And I wipe down, I wipe down light switches. I wipe down um, door handles. I would never in a million years um, not think about vacuuming. You know, like four or five times a week. So I haven't done any of that. Hmm. I literally moved into new space, and first of all, it was immaculate. But I didn't. I haven't cleaned anything. So I've learned that I can, in fact deal with mess and one of the things that has led me to understand is that when I am in something that's messy or not perfect or not clean um, I don't like disarray and I don't lack I don't like lack of planning Hmm. but I can be more present in a mess than I ever ever gave myself credit for Hmm. Hmm. and it has absolutely shocked me I can be present even more present in a mess than I've ever given myself credit for. Where does that come from? I don't know. Um, When I think about the last time that I moved, everything had to be done like that night. 
I would have stayed up till two o'clock in the morning to get the, you know, pictures hung on the wall just so mm-hmm. I'm not doing any of that. I'm giving myself time to get adjusted to the space, but also I'm going to lean in on the strengths of others. My mom and my daughter are really, really good at interior um, design and setup. And so I let Lauren organize my kitchen um, and didn't touch a thing. I said, you know, put this in a order that you feel like works. Now, I will say some of it does not work, but I just let her do it instead of feeling like I needed to be in control doing Mm -hmm. it. Also, um, letting my mom, you know, when when I have some time and I'm going to be traveling here to South Dakota for expansion, so I don't have to get it done right away, but letting my mom do that because it honors my mom's strength. She's really good at it, but it's mm-hmm. also be something she loves to do. When I started diving into the, why haven't I cleaned anything yet? I started realizing that having things perfect or cleaning them is more about external show mm-hmm. than about what I need. And that has really, really centered me and given me perspective because Mm -hmm. I assumed that I was always, I had to have everything so neat and tidy because that's what I like Mm -hmm. when in actuality it's neat and tidy because I was afraid someone would see it not be. Hmm. And right now where I'm at, my life is far from looking perfect to anyone. And I think I have a lot of um, deeper um, investigation to do in that narrative mm-hmm. of why I think things need to look perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, I've lived that for a long time in my life, and it's it's time to let that go. And I know a lot of people mm-hmm. can relate to that yeah, um, from absolutely. any season or stage. But when we mm-hmm. feel like we need to um, display things mm-hmm. looking really good or really perfect, my kids always say that it's probably a blessing that I had to go from being, and Sean will tell you this, helicopter mom to being a a mom that didn't have, I I shared custody um, with their dad. Sean said, you would have ran our life. And so the most painful situation in going from being with my kids 24-7 led to some of the greatest learning that I've Mm -hmm. ever experienced as a parent, but also being able to trust their dad and being able to trust them. That's to make good. decisions for themselves. So I think that I'm mm-hmm. going to learn through this experience uh, some of those things as well. Mm-hmm. And I would say I know that you um, in this process are trying to be very minimalist and cleanse yourself of a lot of maybe the the things physically um, that you have. But I think part of your input strength and input being so high is a love of the tangible, mm-hmm. right? For the purpose of u- utility, of helping other people, of empowering other people with knowledge or resources or things. Um, and so I think there's always a part of an input, a person that has high input that will naturally gravitate towards having more books and more materials and more maybe sentimental objects that they want to keep or a box of letters, for example. Right. Um, all of these tangible things, right, that that as much as it might feel good to purge and to get rid of some things, that there are things you're never you're never going to get probably to a purely minimalist perspective because you lead right. number one with input. Right. <laughs> like input is not a minimalist strength, right? It's very much about quantity of resources. Right. But it's also mm-hmm. learning how to manage that. So I pride myself yeah. in being a minimalist until it was time to move, and I said, oh, goodness, this is a lot. Yeah. So the letters and the photographs went yeah. into storage. Hmm. they aren't going to be easily accessible to me anymore. Hmm. Now that's a step in using my input to um, discern what I need next to me. Now here's where Marie Kondo and I, and I think Uh, you and I agree on this. We disagree with Marie. (laughs) But I need my books. My books are really important to me. So finding space for all of those, those are not going into storage. Those are coming with me because I see books as resources. Absolutely. And I'm going to be rereading some things again. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily need to look at those photos or look at those letters, but I need to know where they are Mm -hmm. and know that they're safe. The hardest part of this move has been to part with my childhood piano. So my childhood piano is now in uh, climate-controlled storage, so it's safe. But my brothers, bless them, two of them, um, help me move. Um, They set it up for me so I can play it in the storage unit. I mean, they literally moved it in so that the bench, and they put a picture up. It was really cute um so I can play it now I will be going back near 
where the storage unit is because I mentor one time a week. And I thought, you know, I could probably stop at the storage unit and play for 10 minutes. I've tried to really use my input to discern what is absolutely necessary for me to feel contentment and also what can I balance? Mm -hmm. So I'm learning that strengths are always in my back pocket as a tool for my best self, but really utilizing them as tools is is level two. Yeah. Sometimes my input just says gather, 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 gather. Yeah. But what my input is doing right now is gather and discern, yeah. gather and separate. What do you need? You only have this much space. What are you going to do with it? Which is that, yeah, input strategic blend. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. That's good. Okay. One That's of the good. things that you've learned about yourself. Um, I think one of the things um, that I've really learned, and it comes from, I think, a couple episodes ago I talked about, I feel like I've been in this kind of new season in the last few months of just being bold and courageous with kind of speaking out what I believe and not worrying about what other people um, might think or, um, you know, those sorts of things. But I think one of the things I've really realized from that process is that we are never truly alone in whatever we're going through like as much as we might think we're isolated um don't even look at me like that um (laughs) so part of recording audio is like making eye contact with you and I do not want take those heart searing eyes away from me searing into the soul but um I think just even in the boldness of talking about like Uh, some of the wounds that I've had and even I don't know that I've shared a whole lot on here but I just a lot of people have expressed wounds to me about you know the church and the religion they grew up in not specifically necessarily the church that I go to but a lot of people have just come to me questioning a lot of things that they're going through in life and I have definitely done the same and so I think every time I think that I'm the only person in the room that believes a certain thing or the only person in a certain context that feels a certain way as soon as I've chosen to speak out about it instead of like disengaging when I've chosen to lean in, there's always been someone that's agreed with me. And I love that. And it's given me a boldness to step out even more, like to say, oh my goodness, like let's really discuss this because if I'm feeling this way and I'm super connected with a lot of people, um, what about the people who are feeling this way that aren't as connected? Like they're not going to come back and they're not going to engage further if they don't know that there are other people in the same place that they're in. So. So that is the power of vulnerability. Yeah. It truly is. It's when we come to the table saying, I also am struggling with this. So Tess, when we talk about what do we love about our Jen and Millie conversations, we're real here. Mm-hmm. And also, we know that what we're saying, that other people can relate. Yeah. And I think that's part of the reason I started my personal blog years ago, mm-hmm. was more for my own healing. But then when I started to share it and I... I had other people come to me and say, mm-hmm. wow, you have gone through this too. Yeah. We're, we're all connected mm-hmm. and we, we have common wounds and common hurts, yeah. but it's only when we share about them that we can yeah. say, I'm here present for you. I'm with you. I walk alongside of you mm-hmm. with this. How can I help or how yeah. can I support you or how can I um, just be present yeah. to say, I get it. I hear you. I see you. I feel what you are, are experiencing. Yeah. That's really powerful. When we talk about the ripple effect of mentoring, mm-hmm. that's that's what it is. It isn't because a mentor shows up with all kinds of wisdom and advice and, oh, this is what you need to do. Mm-hmm. No, it's I'm just here with you to walk alongside you and yeah. be here in any way that I can to show you that I'm with you. Mm-hmm. I also love, this is a Allison Horn personal quote that I've said for years, um, and I won't say what <laughs> you exa- quote yourself. <laughs> I am for the first time. I will not say it exactly as I normally say it, but I will say it very similarly. Everyone has crap. Mm-hmm. You are either in it, running from it, or it's coming. Yeah. Ooh, that's good. And mm-hmm. when we can show up and say, "This is where I'm at." I think we open the door for other people to feel that it's mm-hmm. okay to either be in it, running from it, mm-hmm. or it's coming. Mm-hmm. Those are hard things to walk through. Yeah. Um, and I like to refer to the sunshine in the swamp a lot. Yep. Um, and swamp times are normal. Mm-hmm. Also, you can have a swamp day and a sunshine day the next. I think mm-hmm. I'm feeling a little bit of guilt sometimes for how much th- there's some ease that's coming to me in this transition time and it's really hard um and it doesn't feel good 
most of the time, but there are times where I feel some relief Mm -hmm. and some um, weight off my shoulders. Yeah. And I almost feel guilty about that. Hmm. And that, I think that's so interesting too. Yeah. But it isn't until we sit down and we share mm-hmm. that we can say, you know, I I hear the burden on your heart. Yeah. And I can can be here when you're ready to talk about that. Yep, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay. One of the other things I've learned about myself, I love Anne Lamott books. <laughs> How did I miss her? It's so bizarre that you hadn't read. She is absolutely witty and wise, and because she's like the perfect blend of like your love of Brene and Oprah (laughs) wisdom. I heard of her. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've I've read some great quotes. quotes, Yeah, but not her actual books. And now, gosh. Also, guess where I bought them? They are used from Half Price Books. I are you? I know. <laughs> I'm touching a book that someone else touched before me. Oh my gosh, you're so funny. <laughs> Those are the best sometimes, unless uh, they annotate and put their thoughts also, in there. I, mm. <laughs> so uh, oh I love gosh. her. I That's love her, awesome. and if you haven't read any of her work, it is well, fantastic. Yes, agreed. Huh. Oh Something else you've learned about yourself. Oh, all these prepared things. Oh, okay, really, okay. they're random. I know, but I, so I was trying to think of something kind of similar to that. And I think what I've been in lately is like learning a lot about um, like what heals me. And we did an episode on this, I think, a little bit. And I think I've learned more and more through a lot of the therapy that I've been doing with like my jaw and my health stuff that. Um, there is so much connection, which I've always known, but there's something about it that's clicked recently. Some, there's a really big connection between emotional, mental, and soul health and physical health, right? So I know the times I'm, I'm feeling really crappy, right? And like, I mean, in the hospital, in urgent care, right? And like your soul is depleted, right? Like I have no intellectual capacity or mental right. capacity or emotional capacity for anything. Um, so I, I'm realizing more and more, and this is definitely lends into my strength also my Enneagram numbers we talked about this that what brings me healing is movement and so get me out on a walk and I'll be a lot more vulnerable with you than if we're sitting down in chairs right um catch me after a run and I'm in a a much happier mood than before it uh you know any one of those things like I've just been really diligent about incorporating cardio into my life because I have been feeling overwhelmingly good uh physically and it just then propels that goodness even more it's like this escalation effect so I think realizing that has allowed me to prioritize it and make time for it even though I may have a lot of homework to get done or you know work here to get done um I may have people that I want to connect with like if I choose to take 30 minutes to go for a quick run or an hour to go to the gym or whatever I need Mm -hmm. right I'll come back to a friendship in a better mood and more engaged and more excited and so I had someone mention the other day about um, time and they Mm -hmm. talked about um, it was actually I think at the Kiewit um, recruitment the um, gentleman who spoke said that um, everybody eats lunch Mm -hmm. and everybody has one you know one time a week 30 to 40 minutes. I mean, everyone has that. You probably scroll that much in a day. And I thought that was such a great reference. Mm -hmm. But I agree with you about movement and about exercise. Um, Mm -hmm. So I took a hiatus from working out and from running. And it's just amazing when you get off track, how hard it is to get back on track. But then when you're on track, how much better that you feel. And then um, when you think about, you know, when you're not feeling well, I just read, I think it was a long reads article on after, like after you're sick. Yeah. So the, the gratitude that you have, like if you have this stomach flu yep, or you've had this lingering, (laughs) you know, borderline pneumonia cold and the first day that you start to feel better, the world is amazing. (laughs) It's your oyster. Right. And so I think that is a really interesting yeah. phenomenon to tap into. Oh, yeah. It's all about gratitude, right? You can't ever, unless you're intentional about your gratitude practice, it takes a time of nothing, there's nothing in your life you can be grateful for to then come out of that and be able to be really grateful, right? Like right. when life gets sucky, when it gets a little better, then you really can yep. practice gratitude because all of these little things that you were taking for granted have now become very yes. apparent, right? Yes. And so I think about it like post 
sick session for tests, right? Like post when you, you know, brought me to the urgent care the other day when I was finally feeling better and recovering. And this is like a ritual for me because, you know, I get sick often. And um, when I feel the need to do laundry, wash my sheets and vacuum, I know I am better. over the hill. Like even if I'm not... <laughs> But a bunch. Um, if we could insert sound bites here, this would be the, the clutch. Um, but I know even if I'm not fully feeling better, it propels me into feeling better because I have returned to full capability, right? And it's then ritual, some, right? It totally is, yeah. And I think that's so important that we name what those things are because it's nexting too. Yeah. It's helping us think that, okay, this is... It'll be better. It'll be yeah. better. Yeah. Um, I've had a lot of people reach out to me um, and say, and I'm not saying this to uh, be braggy or anything like that, but just the comments and the responses I've had from my friends and family, like your attitude about this is really positive. I'm very proud of you. You're very strong. You're very resilient. Mm -hmm. I can't believe you're, you are just, you know, you're amazing to me. That I really, really practice gratitude. Yeah. I truly, it's not just a willing, you know, wishy-washy thing. I practice it. So I am surrounded in my new apartment by green space. And I am so incredibly grateful for that. I mean, I just cannot be more grateful for that. Mm -hmm. And I have thanked and thanked and thanked the leasing agent who literally when I looked at apartments, you know, going from a house to an apartment, I said really brilliant things like, she said, what are you looking for? And I said, I would like a sunrise and a sunset view. (laughs) I don't want anything to stink. And I go to bed at 930 and I would like it to be quiet. And she was like, I think you need a house. And I said, and that's where I've been. So... I have sent these emails of gratitude to Carissa, the leasing agent, who is lovely and wonderful, saying, thank you so much. This is exact, because I face the South, so I do get both. And she always responds back with, I'm just glad that we could help you find what you were looking for. And it's little things like that, that, or or my coffee maker, or um, knowing where my corkscrew is. You know, all these things, because yeah. moving is terrible. Yeah. But all these little things, my heart is very full. Yeah. The people who came and helped me move mm-hmm. are people who have been with me my entire life. Yeah. So my brothers, um, my friend Sherry, who's been one of my besties since we were in kindergarten, and she oh. showed up and, and came to school um, as a newbie. And her I call her Sherry Bear. Her heart is so caring. She didn't blink. She just said, and gosh, that is amazing when people do this kind of stuff for you. I didn't have to say, can you help? She said, we're coming. Mm-hmm. And I've thought about this a lot because I know a lot of people have talked about their walk with grief. And it's the people who show up and do something without saying, let me know what you need. Yeah. She just said, we're coming. And her husband and her two kids came. And they brought their truck and their trailer. Aww. And they just, yep. it, it happened. And Lauren... Um, was the the head organizer of the whole thing. I mean, just directing traffic. (laughs) I was so grateful. All day long, I just kept thinking, how lucky am I Mm -hmm. to have people in my life who know exactly what I need, who have known me my whole life, Mm -hmm. who are not looking at me as, this is one more disaster. Mm -hmm. Um, Sherry got me a really great T-shirt that I can't talk about here on the episode, (laughs) but it says, welcome to the something show. (laughs) And it's a t-shirt in beautiful font um, for the move. Um, I thought that was lovely. So I think it really is a practice to be grateful. And it shouldn't have to take swamp for us to just say, wow, I'm lucky to have this. Or wow, I'm grateful for this. So I would encourage our listeners to think about truly what does gratitude look like for you? Mm-hmm. Um, whether you're in a sunshine or a swamp or whether you're in it or it's coming, what are you truly grateful for right now? And can you reach out to say so? Could you reach out to that person who at the grocery store or who is at your church or who mm-hmm. is at your kid's school or who is in your workplace and say, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, you make my life so much better simply because you are doing naturally what you do really, really well. I think that's an important thing for us to say. Definitely. Hmm. Is that my turn or your turn? It's your turn. My turn again. Oh, my goodness. 
Hmm, let's see. This clock ticking is so hard. Uh, what's something you've noticed that I've learned about myself? Hello? Are you serious? I'm trying to blink right now. I'm under pressure. We're recording. <laughs> well, you don't give me time. My intellection needs time to think about this. Also, things. so does your context. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think one of the things that, again, I'm witnessing you doing is you're really getting into how can I do practice? Yeah. Oh, how absolutely. can I practice more things? So, I call you Professor Tess. I mean, it, mm -hmm. it's your learner. It's the way that you share your knowledge. But I love witnessing that you are never done. No. You are never done growing. You no are way. never done learning. And Boring. You, so before this session, I'm not qualified to be your strengths coach. Oh, my gosh. You totally are. No, I'm not. Ugh. No, I'm not. Because you're a really gifted coach. Also, I know myself. And I know that you're a way better coach than I am. Oh, I mean, stop. I know that. That's why you're a great complimentary partner to me. The fact that you want to do strengths coaching mm -hmm. is a testament to your willingness to practice and to grow. And I push you and I stretch <laughs> you and I ask you hard questions, mm -hmm. but you are stepping up. And plus, you guys, she did the homework. <laughs> I did. It was kind of last minute. I felt but bad. You, Usually I would take a lot more time I to do I also <laughs> said, don't worry about the homework. You did the homework. Oh, absolutely. So I see yourself so willing to always grow and learn and stretch. Oh. And I'm also seeing it here at work. Yeah. I did catch you the other day saying something about if anyone else would like to be the IT department, feel free to step up. <laughs> yeah, please, seriously. Because <laughs> they all the time, my least favorite role here. <laughs> so yesterday, yesterday, yesterday I heard you going around. Someone get locked out. Someone get locked seriously. out. Seriously. Who got locked out? Was it you that got locked out? Did you get locked out? And it's the way that like a truly like a building manager would be coming around <laughs> thinking someone got locked out of their place. But you were talking about, did you get locked out of what the playbook? Your office account. Yeah. Because somebody did and they were trying to reset and get into it because my, my cell phone is the default phone. And I was trying to figure out who it was, but it just keeps sending me authentication codes. Like that was so one time, like I didn't mean to call it Anna on here, but I woke up the day of partnership to like 18 text messages because Anna was trying to get into her office account and she didn't know what was happening. And so, and thankfully I put my phone on do not disturb. Otherwise <laughs> that would have been bad, but. But that's, yeah. but you know what to do. Yeah. So as much as maybe IT uh -huh. isn't in your title and you feel like, it really isn't but you yeah. feel like it's not you very unqualified for it yes <laughs> I totally disagree because you are willing to step in and problem solve yeah very quickly so I watched it was like triage was it you was it you well was I just you? want to make sure nobody was sitting especially if they were all here like nobody was sitting here like being frustrated when I know I was about to step into a meeting too so it's like I'm going to be unoccupied for the next hour so I wanted to make sure and I just got another one like 20 minutes ago but so. don't you notice that um well, no, because you wouldn't notice you're not here to hear it. When you're not here, there's a lot of, we just assume, assume <laughs> Tess. So where's Tess? Well, when is Tess coming back? Does anyone know where Tess is? When is <laughs> Tess coming back? Because we rely so heavily on, it's the IT, it's the I don't know how to do this, it's the help me please, yeah. and it's truly like the help desk I know that it honors your learner, but mm -hmm. also your learner brings tremendous assistance mm -hmm. to our team. Because if you don't know, you'll... I'll, I'll figure it out. Okay. Oh, absolutely. And if I don't know, this is such a great play <laughs> on the difference between input, input and learner. learner. If yeah. I don't know, I'll call somebody else. Yeah. Who you know will know. Right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and I'm like, oh, I'll find it out on Google. I'll find some article about something. Yeah, I don't something. even want to learn right. it. I don't want to learn it. <laughs> Last night, Lauren's car would not turn over. Yeah. And I just kind of sat back in the front seat of the car, like, <laughs> let's just wait for somebody to come. AAA will be here. I don't want to do anything with this. And she calls her dad. I'm in the car. <laughs> she calls her dad. And he said, put me on FaceTime. Describe what's happening. So she's trying to show it. And then, and then she goes, he sees me and he goes, your mom's in the car. <laughs> she's like, well, she's Noel. She's Noel. Lauren's better off without me. Oh. Gosh, um, that's especially so funny. when it comes to that. So, but I did notice that a lot of people did stop and ask to help, which was really interesting to me. Oh, for Lauren. And yes, yeah. sounds like a battery to me. And Lauren's like, it's not the battery. <laughs> I mean, she was a couple yeah. times. I said, Lauren, maybe it is the battery. Wouldn't hurt to do a jump start. Just let's see what happens. Just, and then she's like, why don't you go get your vehicle? So I walked. 
I just got myself a lot. But I think knowing complimentary partners Mm -hmm. is key. So back to gratitude, back to what we learn about Mm -hmm. each other, back to 50 episodes. There are so many ways that you've been a complimentary partner to me Mm -hmm. as the Millie of this. Mm -hmm. Truly in your millennial perspective, Mm -hmm. your strengths perspective, but also in the talent and the friendship that you bring to the table. So when I think about 50 episodes, we've learned a lot. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, one of the things regarding specifically kind of the IT role that I th- I think I've learned, because it's easy within the context of strengths to say, this is what I know I'm good at, so this is where I'm going to put my energy and effort. And sometimes, oftentimes in life, we're told what we need to do. We aren't able to be selective with what we get to do. So the power of strengths is to then wield what talents we do have to make the most of whatever situation we're thrown into, right? Like I didn't get the choice of being the IT person. I it was I was asked to fulfill that role. And so even though I make jokes and I grumble about it sometimes and I ask if anyone else wants to take the job, um, I have rather enjoyed being in that place it's kind of frustrating when there's all these issues that come up and I have to put my own work aside to make sure other people can do theirs um, when the internet goes down or somebody's locked out or something. But it, I mean, getting to go to seminars on cybersecurity and getting to know how to set up a firewall and monitor web traffic and set up different security measures. Like it's been rather interesting to me just because of my learner, right? Like it isn't an area I would have naturally gravitated towards but it's one I've come to really appreciate because I've learned the language and I can uh, speak about it with people that are in the field because I've I've right. gone to enough trainings now and seminars and doing my own googling and reading when a problem comes up that I've been able to troubleshoot um, and so far there has only been one problem that I have not been able to solve with IT and I've gone to experts and they have not been able to solve it either so that's so interesting <laughs> when you think about what we would choose and what we wouldn't. I mean, mm-hmm. the situation I'm in, yeah, I would not have chosen. Yeah, I didn't absolutely. choose. But how can you use your strengths yes. to make the most of whatever situation you yes. have, right? And I know positivity is in my it is in my top it's 10. It's in your top 10. Yeah. And I think there are times where you have to lean in on other strengths to yeah. say, "Hey, I need you." Yeah. You know, you, you may not be in my top 5 the easiest that come to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I need yeah, you. And I so um, yeah. I want to bring that to light. But also it's yeah. in the practice. Yes. So mm-hmm. my positivity gets strengthened and practiced by me doing a daily gratitude journal. Mm-hmm. By me sitting down, I got a new um, journal with writing prompts from my awesome therapist who, um, shout out to Tim, has seen me <laughs> over the course of 15 years on and off. The other day I was, did I already say this on here? The other day that I was sitting there waiting on the last session and he has this door set up so that um when you walk out the door goes out so you don't see the person sitting and you don't see the person exiting it really honors confidentiality well this particular client closed the door and looked right at me and she goes isn't he amazing and I said he is and she said how long have you been seeing him I mean clearly we've got some boundary things for her to work on but she goes how long have you been seeing him and I said oh 15 years and she went And then I said, on and off. <laughs> You'd like qualify. And so she left and I went in. And Tim is so funny. He's, I mean, we've described him as like a jolly Santa of therapists. I told him this and he just started laughing. I said, she either left thinking, this guy is really good or this guy is terrible. <laughs> She's been coming for gal. what's wrong with her. So um, he gave me. On and off. He loves to give me handouts that he's given me before. So he okay. gave me a handout about naming my emotions. Hmm. And he said, I really want you to be honest and I want you to be serious. So it's this handout about all these different emotions. Yeah. And the font is terrible. It's an old handout. I'm like, come on, Tim. He gave it to you 15 years ago. Right. And it's still the same handout, which clearly, what does that tell you? But he, as I've been writing them, what I've done is I've taken an inventory of what days have more negative emotions than positives mm-hmm. and then what leads to that. Yeah. Exercise, good sleep, mm-hmm. um, time in nature, yeah. um, quiet alone time, mm-hmm. solitude, time to think mm-hmm. when I'm not feeling uh, razzled um, and frantic. So 
when I started to look at that, I could see patterns of where the days were more positive yeah. or the emotions were more positive than negative. And then I just thought, okay, well, that's easy. I guess I'll just mm-hmm. practice more of these things. Yeah. And that's exactly what we all are doing on yeah. the regular. Oh we, we need to do more practice of yeah. what heals me, what gives yeah. me energy. As Glennon Doyle says, what's yeah. the next positive choice? Yeah. And just take that next positive step. I love it. But and it's a lot really of hard it's to do. about mindset, right, and intention behind it. So I think about one of the things that I've loved lately is in kind of the practices I've been doing about what really heals me, um, solitude and stillness are big things. But there's a difference between being alone and being in solitude, right? Like, or being by yourself and being in solitude. We talked about this, right? Yes. Like, and so I just think about the fact that even just the intention behind being present within any given moment to recognize what's happening can help flip a switch for what you're doing, right? right? Like if I choose to turn off my audiobook or choose to take a few deep breaths to make myself aware of my presence when I'm by myself, it can transform into solitude, right? It transforms mm-hmm. into prayer and interaction with the divine and whatever mm-hmm. else, you know, I'm doing that can take my present circumstances and with just a slight shift, like it doesn't have to be a prescriptive list of I'm going to make sure I get my, you know, morning meditation done or my devotional or whatever it is you practice right um but it can be as simple as simple as just being aware of the circumstances and Mm -hmm. choosing to transform that into a best choice for what's next right sometimes it's just naming and being honest enough to name yeah this is where i'm at right now yeah um so some things that i would like for our um our friends to to ponder and to give us feedback on if you are lucky enough to be 50. Yeah. Tell me about your, how did you celebrate 50? How did you acknowledge 50? How did you say yes, 50 rocks for our listeners who are truly at age 50 or above? And then the other question I'd like to ask our listeners is what of the 50 Jen and Millie's, which uh, episodes did you love? Which topics did you love and why? Um, and then I think... We need to find really creative ways um, to think about practice. So I would love to hear from other people how they practice best self, whether that's practicing gratitude, whether that's practicing um, stillness, whether that's practicing being present. What are their practice moves? Mm -hmm. Those are my three questions. How you practice your best self. I love it. Hmm. Part of that, I'm going to challenge us, something I've been thinking about lately, and we mentioned it a little bit, is undertapped strengths. So which of our strengths do we, are natural to us, but we don't utilize in our given context and role, and how can we champion them more? So I was looking at my, you know, top 10, I've been doing some diligent 34 coaching with some of the people on staff, and I was looking at my top 10, and I was like, gosh, I feel like I hardly ever intentionally aim ideation, and it's rather high for me. It's seven. And it comes up, ideas pop out, they flow, but I never target it anywhere. It's kind of like the discussion we had with intellection not uh-huh. too long ago, uh-huh. is I'm never proactively using it. I can lean back on it, and it comes naturally when I'm presented in that context, but I'm never targeting it towards any given area. So right? I want to spot it just for a second. Sure. So the reason that we're going to meet after this and talk about how we're going to do Gallup Strengths Day yeah. is because you don't want the same old thing. Oh, never. <laughs> and I think your ideation ide, ideation mm-hmm. says, why are we doing this the same way we've always done this? Yep. Which is so funny because the context says the best is how we've always done it. Right. right? Your ideation yeah. just throws a, yep. a really positive sparkler in there. Yeah. Like, oh, excuse me. That... <laughs> has been done before yeah oh absolutely but it honors again your learner to say new adventure Mm -hmm. let's try this a different way but also i think you're so good at recognizing we have a lot of people coming that have been there before yeah oh absolutely and you want to make sure that they walk away with a phenomenal experience Mm -hmm. so my two three new ideas and i don't know what that is about me that i just do it the same it's because i know it yeah yeah, it's that's where your confidence comes from. It, it's yeah. it's I know it. Yep. I know the material. Um, last year we went a different route. Yep. And I think we both came back to we have to get back to the heart stuff. Yep. We skipped some of that. Mm-hmm. This year, I think just based on who's attending, we could have mm-hmm. a lot of deep heart work that happens. Yep. 
And aren't we lucky to be the facilitators mm-hmm. of a safe container for that to happen? So I want to challenge you, which of your strengths do you feel like is underutilized that you could tap into? Self-assurance. How about which of your dominant themes? Because you're going to work and work and work and your self-assurance is, is not going ever going to get really high because it's low. I'm thinking like our dominant themes that might naturally rest but we'll sit in a state of rawness until we intentionally target them, I'm going right? to say this, and you're going to say you do this all the time, but connectedness. Yeah, I agree. I actually think I think we name it a lot in you, right? But I don't but practice it. you don't it. practice it as much. Yeah. Because I don't see it. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Isn't that all on the floor? <laughs> practice gratitude. And I do my gratitude journal. And I'm, I'm doing this, you know, the sunset and the sunrise. And, like, all of that is connected. But wow, you make me sound point. very philosophical yes. and oh, very zen. Absolutely. I like that. Yes. Um, you know what? It's funny. Growing up, my sisters called me zen. <laughs> because of your connectedness. I know. I know. So I love that. Okay. Um, That's good. Well, thank you, listeners, yes. for being part of Fifth Day. Fifth Day. Okay. So questions. How, if you happen to be lucky enough to be 50, how did you celebrate or acknowledge that milestone? Um, which topics or episode of Jen and Millie over the last 50 have you really enjoyed or loved and why? Um, and then how do you practice your best self? Um, maybe what are some, you know, untapped strengths that you could wield to do that but what are maybe some concrete practices that you would want to share um, that help you become your best self knowing that all of our strengths are different all of our um, our persons are different and so therefore we will we will wield our best self practice in very different ways i think the trendy term is life hacks Mm. right life hacks is that what the cool kids say Mm, sure living your best life life living your best life i would say i think life hacks is a little older it's come and gone. <laughs> and don't forget, if you're interested in Jen and Millie having a Twitter account, please let oh Tess gosh. know. I'm going to edit that one out. <laughs> Alrighty. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to episode 50 of Jen and Millie. I can kick. I can <laughs> Oh, gosh. She's literally up and stretching now. I'm 50 of Jen and Millie. If you enjoyed today's conversation, consider sharing this episode with a friend. If you want to interact with us and share your responses to the questions that we pose, follow us on Instagram at Jen and Millie. That's at G-E-N-N-A-N-D-M-I-L-L-I-E. Until next time.